Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to The Ralph Report for a Wednesday. It is April 17th. Great show lined up for you today. Of course, it is Wednesday and around here. Wednesday means one hit wonder Wednesday. Another one of those oh yeah songs today. As I mentioned before when I started this segment, the whole idea was to give you the thrill of hearing a song you haven't heard in a long time that was a hit that maybe uh, fell off your radar. So today is certainly one of those days. Of course, we also have all the usual nonsense, including some entertainment news today and a very special interview with a member of the Garmy named Eric Butts. You may know Eric. Uh, He's getting a lot of attention this week on social media. He is a fellow nerd slash geek, self-identified, who caught an enormous amount of shit on social media this week when an evil bitch tried to embarrass him publicly by posting a video of him watching the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, which got him a very emotional. And she took that video and reposted it and made some disparaging comments, and he got a whole bunch of stick from people who are evil. Yep. And then uh, on the upside, he got an enormous amount of support from other people as well. So uh, I did an interview with him yesterday. We'll be talking all about that situation. I think you're going to like where it ends up. Meanwhile... Let's get things started the way we usually do. I love it when you guys reach out to us. You can write us, of course, at Ralph, Eddie, or Steve at theralphreport.com. And you can also leave a voicemail message 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are available on the Ralph Report hotline. That phone number is 1-833-Ralph. I listen to each and every voicemail. And then I pick out some of my favorites and we play them for you at the top of the show here in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ross going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your Earlier in the week, we talked about our favorite cartoon characters growing up as lads that turned us on. A lot of you guys have been uh, reaching out with your choices as well. But, however, I realized that we sort of neglected the ladies out there. The ladies were watching cartoons, too. And they're probably getting uh, tingly feelings in their naughty bits. So I didn't want to seem uh, misogynistic. I didn't want to seem Mm -hmm. like I was just uh, ignoring the ladies. So when we got this phone call, I absolutely wanted to play it. Hey, Ralph, just calling about the hot cartoon character from your childhood. Oh, my gosh. Shang from Mulan. Look him up. He is so dreamy. Those lips and those cheekbones and freaking A when he takes off his shirt. It's just like, oh, my God. Why are you not real, man? Oh, love him. Hottest cartoon character ever. Wow. I think she took it even to another level. At least we were aware that they were uh, pen and paper. But (laughs) that young lady's got it bad. Wow. For Chang, I think. I've never seen seen Mulan. I can't remember Mulan. Yeah. (laughs) He took his shirt off. There's a super hottie in it. He didn't really take his shirt off. They just drew him that way. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of hot, also yesterday was uh, TV Tunes Tuesday, and we featured the Wonder Woman theme song from the TV series of the same name. A lot of people had... Fond memories sparked by that TV theme song. None more so, however, than Dan, who wanted to share this story with us. Hi, Ralph and Eddie. This is Dan from Arizona. Uh, In regards to TV Tunes Tuesday, I saw a uh, touring stripper named Liberty Legs, a statuesque brunette, (laughs) dance to the Wonder Woman theme song. In a Wonder Woman outfit, and if that you don't think that is fantasy wish fulfillment for every red-blooded male, oh wow! 
<laughs> I think Dan feels the way about Liberty Legs, <laughs> the way that other lady felt about the Mulan character. Liberty Legs. I got to do some research now and see if Liberty Legs is playing anywhere near me. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about that, crossing the streams like that, taking stripping and then making Wonder Woman strip. I don't know. I don't, it would be weird, but I could sit through it. Could you? Yeah, I think so. You're a sport. <laughs> Tobin called in, and I think he's on to something here. You may remember recently we discovered that Eddie was haunted by a ghost ham for about a year of his life. There was the ghost of a spiral-cut ham that would follow him around and fill his nose with the scent of ham. I never saw it. I just smelled it. Well, no, you don't see it. That's why it's a ghost ham. If you had seen it, it would have been a force projection ham or something. I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, Tobin's got a great idea. Tobin from Redondo. Hey, all you Garmy artists out there, if Ghost Ham isn't on a goddamn T-shirt by the end of the week, then I'm totally disappointed in you, L&B. Right? We need a Ghost Ham T-shirt. Yeah, I'd wear it. He could be our sponsor. <laughs> It'll help me get over the fear. Folks are, uh, <laughs> folks who listen to this show are the best. They often pick up on stuff that I completely miss. And thank God they listen closely, because then they call in and they say, how could you let this happen without commenting on it? Such is the case with Dwayne. He picked up on this during our ham conversation. No, actually, I beg to differ. This wasn't the ham conversation. This was the Eggs Benedict conversation. Uh, Dwayne picked up on this fact. As Eddie was mentioning, he didn't care for the eggs, didn't care for the uh, hollandaise sauce, certainly. However, there was element of uh, Eggs Benedict that he really thought would be delicious. Hey, Ralph. This is Dwayne out of Nashville, two-star general. I was just listening to this morning's show here on Tuesday, and you're talking about Eggs Benedict. And Eddie's like, oh, I'll take the Canadian bacon. I'll eat that. And Canadian bacon, for whatever it's called, is is basically ham. Yes. It's just fucking ham. So how will he eat? Canadian bacon and not ham. Is it just because they named it different? Uh, what the fuck, man? Love you. Mean it. Bye. Dwayne, you got to trust me in this. No one feels your frustration more than I do. And I apologize for not catching that and holding Eddie's feet I, to the fire about the fact that he went off on how he could oh, never eat ham and yet seemed so eager to eat a slice of <laughs> no, Canadian I, bacon, I, which, as you very well point right, out, Dwayne, right. are practically the same I, thing. I misspoke. I would not eat Canadian bacon. You said during the thing that... Because I had bacon in my head, just regular bacon. Oh, I see. And so you, you weren't Canadian identifying bacon. the Canadian I did bacon. Canadian, I know which Canadian is bacon round. is like a round It, it looks piece like of ham. a piece of cold cut. Yes. Yeah. And I misspoke. I would not eat Canadian bacon. So you would not eat that? I would eat bacon. All right. Just well, regular bacon. glad we cleared that up because I think you threw a lot of people with I that did, comment. and I could see where people would get confused and upset with me. Yes. Speaking Sorry. of upset with me, the uh, sweat bee story from yesterday. Oh, God. The four bees who were living in the eye of a Taiwanese Ooh. woman. Oof. I predicted everyone was going to love that story, and I think I may have read the room wrong. <laughs> Maybe not everybody loved that After story. Everyone was up in arms over the spider in the ear, and then... <laughs> I was fascinating <laughs> no to me. There's no way people would like this story. I mentioned Sweat Bees, by the way, would be a great name for a band. And our friend uh, Bond, Jana Bond, called in. She agrees. Hey, Ralph, it's Bond. Jana Bond. I bet if those Sweat Bees did play Coachella, they'd make a real buzz. Oh, hold on. My dog wants to say hi to you. Oh, good. He's a mime. Her dog's a mime. She's got a whole routine. She does. Way to go, Jana. Um, now, Jana was kidding about the sweat bee story. However, there were some listeners who really, really loved it, so I'm glad I told that story. No. No. Absolutely no. Please, God. No more stories about bees and eyes. All right. Well, maybe that gentleman didn't care for it, but this guy loved it. Ralph, this is my uh, angry exit interview. I'm quitting the show. I survived the Q-tips and the pee hole thing. That guy calling in to describe how he masturbates in the shower. But what the fuck with things coming out of people's eyes? Holy shit, are you kidding me? You put that on the front? Oh, I'm skinless crawling. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> he, he called in just to resign. So, all right, I apologize. I will, I will never do another disgusting insect story. 
this week. All right, how about that? <laughs> you too can be featured at the top of the show in Garmy on the line, but however, you got to meet me halfway. You got to call me. Now it's time to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall, and it has on it every holiday that is celebrated on every day of the calendar year. So what we'd like to do is take a look at those holidays, and then we break them down, and we decide whether they're legitimate or not in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today is National Haiku Poetry Day. Ah, the haiku. The simplest of all the poems. What makes up a haiku poem? Didn't you learn haikus in school? Yeah, I can't remember. The haiku is a Japanese form of poetry that is non-rhyming. That's why it's so sweet. Right. You you don't need to worry about any rhyming words. (laughs) And it has three lines... Simple. Right. And the only uh, rule you have to adhere to is the syllable pattern of five syllables, seven, seven syllables, and then, and then five, five syllables. Again, right, right. So almost anyone can write a haiku. <laughs> it comes out of Japan and it's usually inspired by an element of nature or a season or a moment of beauty. It's supposed to evoke a feeling or an image when you read it. So almost anyone can write a haiku. I've read, I wrote one myself this morning. Here's my haiku Eddie Pence won't eat. So many things that are good. I blame the ghost ham. <laughs> so see, anyone can that, write a haiku. That should go on the back of the ghost ham shirt. Should, yes. <laughs> so celebrate National Haiku Poetry Day by writing yourself a haiku. And, and by the way, send them in. If you can come up with a haiku for the Ralph Report, email it to me at ralph at the com, and maybe we'll read some of them on the air. I thought that would be fun, so. It's also International Bat Appreciation Day. Who celebrates bats more than I do? Nobody. I love me some bats. Obviously, not just Batman, but because of my affection for Batman, I do have a fondness for the animal, the bat, well, as well. Keep a lot of the nasty insect population down. They're so useful, and they get such a bad rap because everyone says, oh, they're evil, and you know, around <laughs> Halloween, you always see them flying around with witches and goblins and warlocks, yeah. and Dracula turns into one, That's and right. they suck your blood. Listen, most bats don't suck your blood. Yeah, they eat bugs. There's one. There's the vampire bat, yeah. and he likes cows. <laughs> A vampire bat will land on a cow, make a little pinprick in that thick hide. The cow barely feels it. Then he laps up the blood. Flies away. Come on. Give him a break. (laughs) Bats are awesome. I didn't know this, but there are over 1,200 different species of bats. That's a lot of bats. That's a lot of different kinds of bats. I thought there were like three. (laughs) No, there's a lot of different kinds of bats. As Eddie mentioned, they are insectivores which means they rid us of many annoying insects. Without bats, we would just be balls deep in bugs. Oh, be mosquitoes everywhere. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. Balls deep. In one hour, a bat can eat up to 1,000 mosquitoes, Eddie. Yeah. In an hour. It's why you're always happy to see bats when you go camping. Yes, because they're eating all the bugs. Eating all the nasty bugs. You're keeping them out of your skin. Uh, I got some more fun bat facts. You want some bat facts? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Bat, bat facts. Okay, here's some more bat facts. <laughs> Some species of bats can live up to 40 years. It's an wow. old bat. That is an old-ass bat. That is a way old bat. It's a hag at that point. Uh, bats can see in the dark and use their extreme sense of hearing to navigate. It's called echolocation. That's how they find their food. Bats are the only mammal naturally capable of true and sustained flight. Don't I don't want to hear about flying squirrels or any of those other gliding mammals because bats right. are the only mammals that can actually that actually fly. have true wings and can fly. Exactly. Wow. The United States is a home to an estimated forty-eight different species of bat. As I mentioned, there are twelve hundred known around the world. Almost seventy percent of all bats are, in, are insectivores, so don't worry about them. Plus, they also come in very handy. They're pollinators, along with bees and butterflies. They actually help pollinate pollinate plants and help with our food supply. Don't they carry rabies though? Uh, some bats do get infected with rabies, oh, okay. yes, but not the majority. In fact, they say bats are enormously clean animals and they oh. groom themselves almost constantly. Yeah. So there aren't a lot of problems okay. with bats. They don't carry a lot of fleas and things like that. Occasionally you get a rabbit bat. Gotcha. Look, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's got to take the good with the bat. <laughs> the largest bat is the giant golden crowned flying fox. 
That sounds horrifying. As you can imagine, if it looks like a flying fox, oh, that sounds so horrifying. That's a big ass bat. It must look like a dragon in the air. It weighs up to four pounds, and it has a wingspan of five feet and seven Holy inches. Holy crap! <laughs> that's a big ass bat. That's a oh my god! That's frightening. I don't want to know where that one lives. That could make the Batman symbol if it flies up towards the moon. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh my god! That's frightening. North America's largest urban bat colony is found. In Austin, Texas. I think we may have talked about this before. Uh, there, underneath the Congress Avenue Bridge in Austin, Texas, is a home for an estimated 1.5 million Mexican free-tailed bats. Oof. And it's so cool. The tourists always show up because at sundown, you see them all pour out from under this bridge, and it is truly an awe-inspiring that sight. That would be pretty cool to see. It would be very cool to see. From my car. <laughs> Mexican free-tailed bats, by the way, are the official bat of Texas. <laughs> Does every state have an official bat? We need to build a wall to keep the Mexican free-tailed bats out. They're not sending us their best bats. There are a lot of bats on drugs, a lot of bat murderers. So, not every state has an official bat, no. But, oh, okay. but All right, there you go. That's, that's your, those, are your bat, those are your bat facts. Bat facts. Today is also Ford Mustang Day. Yes. What a perfect day this is for me. Oh. It's Bat Day. It's Ford Mustang Day. As many of you know, I do drive a Ford Mustang. It's my third Mustang that I've owned. Uh, out of all the cars I've owned, three out of five have been Ford Mustangs. Huh? I've only ever had one. Huge fan. Eddie's got one. I got a Mustang. 1990 Mustang. In the garage. In the garage. <laughs> doesn't run anymore. He doesn't really get around much anymore in it, but he's got one. If anybody in the Southern California area knows how to fix a Mustang, there you go. please reach out to me. Let's, let's beg for mechanic help. I need mechanic if help. If you're a mechanic who wants to take on a project... For nothing, <laughs> Eddie Mentz, No, I'll pay. Eddie I'll Mentz pay. Has a car for you. I'll pay. I'll get an Indiegogo going for it. Right I'll now, pay. it's a beautiful 1990 a Ford Mustang Planter. It's a classic. It's just sitting there waiting to have some uh, vegetation put in the back seat. I, I want it running again. Of course, we I'm, all do. I miss it. The Mustang's the best. Did you know, other than the Aston Martin, the uh, car that James Bond has driven in the movies more than anything else is the Ford Mustang. I didn't know that. He's driven it in several films, yeah. It's awesome. The Ford Mustang first introduced to the world much like I was in 1964. Oh. It was uh, debuted on this date, April 17th, 1964. And that's why Mustang fans call the first edition of the Mustang the 64 and a half Mustang. Because oh. the uh, first full year of the Mustang model was in 1965. And it was the most successful launch for Ford Motors since the Model A. It sold more than the, the Model A. That was their biggest hit. And since then, they've done like six different generations of Mustang. It's yeah. gone through many different body types. It's kind of back now to where it was. That's the prettiest model version. It really is the most beautiful version. I have yeah. that crappy hatchback LX version. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. But still classic. Let's not fix that. It's still classic. Let's not no, fix that let's one. fix it. I need let's, help. Let's push that one off no. the wharf. Let's let let's give that no. one a burial at sea. Still got still can haul ass. Yeah. So happy birthday to the Mustang and all you fellow Mustang aficionados out there. Today is also Ellis Island Family History Day. Do you know much about your your family? How they got to this country and stuff um, like that? I know we've been here since the Revolutionary War. Holy moly! Yeah, I had a my one of my, there was a Pence who was a sniper for the uh, Revolution for the uh, <laughs> not the Brit. What's who, who do we who are we? Who were we in the revolution? The colonials? The colonials. That was the name okay, I was looking for. Yeah. A sniper with a, well, not a, a sniper, sniper. But a rifleman. Sniper with one of those uh, blunderbusses. Yeah. If you got anywhere in the a, neighborhood, you were a sniper. It was a sniper <laughs> with a, no, we had, no, we had two brothers of fault. You have a scope made out of wood <laughs> on top of his. You weren't very far away as a sniper. On top of his musket. Then. He was a rifleman. And then uh, I had a guy, I had two brothers in the Civil War that eventually went on to ride in the original Jesse James gang. Holy moly. And pulled off the first daylight uh, bank robbery in the history of the U.S. So there were two Pence boys who ran with Jesse James? In the original gang. Not the later one they, oh, they made the movies about, but the original you. Jesse James gang that did the first daylight bank robbery had two Pence brothers in it. Got you. Yeah. Typical Pence's. They missed out <laughs> when the spotlight hit the hit the band. <laughs> we, they were already yeah. gone. We missed the uh, the, the, the success. What happened to them? Work. Were they killed or anything? I forget, they went to jail. I think they all got busted and went to jail. Gotcha. I believe. But yeah, we've been around for a while. Wow, you know more than I do. I wish I knew more about my family history. All I know is we came over during the potato famine and then landed in Philadelphia. Almost every generation of the Garmins that I come from um, are from right off the boat in Philadelphia. I don't know why they picked Philly. But I don't know much about the old country. I know originally, apparently, we came from County Wexford in Ireland. 
And then the rest of it's all kind of a blur. A nobody, Irish, nobody kept a lot of uh, did records. A lot, did a lot of Irish go to Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Not necessarily. Uh, most of the uh, German population of Pennsylvania was up above Philadelphia. Right. But Philadelphia was a big landing spot for Italians, uh, Jews, and Irish. Okay. So that's who uh, settled there mostly. So that's all I know. But today is the day where you're supposed to look up your family history because Ellis Island, of course, in upper New York Bay was the gateway for millions of immigrants into the United States during the nation's busiest immigration from 1892 to 1924. In fact, in 1907, they said uh, one million immigrants passed through Ellis Island. Wow. The worst laws, the worst immigration laws, (laughs) going to fix it. So uh, tribute to everybody who came here from someplace else, which is everybody everybody. pretty much. Yeah. And lastly, you know, I saved the food-related holidays for the end because Eddie Pence is a wonderland when it comes to what he will eat and won't eat. I announced the holiday. We pulled the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see whether he'll eat it or not. Now, here's a tricky one today because it is a national food holiday. However, this particular holiday celebrates two versions of the same food, and we know he doesn't eat one of them. Will he eat the other one? Remains to be seen. It is National Cheese Ball Day. Now, before you jump to any conclusions, there are two different kinds of cheese balls. Both are celebrated on this same day. There is the cheese ball that is related to the Cheeto and the cheese curl, it's which like, we talked like about before. Puff, like a it's puff. a cheese puff, but right. it, it's round, and it comes usually in a tub of some kind. Uh-huh. You get it at Costco for like 400 pounds of it for a nickel. <laughs> And, they know it's healthy for you. And it's orange, and we know Eddie doesn't like it because it tastes it's feels like powder. sand or Ugh, something. Uh, there's a whole thing we did. It's terrible. Anyway, we know he doesn't like those kind of cheese no. balls. However, no. today is also the day where we celebrate the cheese ball that is served most often around Christmas here in the United States, which is just a ball of cheese, and it is uh, sometimes covered with uh, shaved nuts or other things. It's a decorative ball of cheese, and then you serve it with crackers and a knife and stuff, and you take, it's usually soft cheese, and you spread it on your cracker, and you have it as an hors d'oeuvre. Does he eat that cheese ball? Because here's the thing. He doesn't eat fondue, which is cheese and bread, but he loves grilled cheese sandwiches, which is <laughs> cheese and bread. So how are we supposed to know? How are we supposed to determine whether Eddie Pence would eat off the cheese ball or not? There's only one way to find out. we got to pull the handle of the Eddie Pence patented jackpot slot machine to see if he's chomping down on the cheese ball. All right, we got one cheese ball, two cheese balls. No cheese balls. I don't... It's, don't say it. Don't you goddamn say someone it that I don't like cheese because I will come over this table. No, it's it, it turns my stomach because someone has taken cheese and rolled it around in their hands to make a ball. And now what you're, if they use now gloves? What if, the, what if they put gloves it on? It just seems like really, and it's all warm and mushy because of the heat of someone's hands, and that kind of turns my stomach. No, it's warm and mushy because you can't get a knife through it. If it's not, that's what makes it spreadable. So it's just, it's just, ah, I don't know, just the food that's just rolled around in people's hands too long. It's just, and you have to roll it for a while to get a ball. <laughs> like you, can, you don't just make a ball like a snowball. It so takes now, a while. Let to me get a just ball. clarify. So now just it's not about the cheese. <laughs> It's about the fact that the food has touched someone's hand for an extended period of time. Oh, I see. I didn't realize. What's the limit on touching? It's more food, than five seconds. Oh, I see. Okay. I mean, if it's just like a quick cut, I can deal with that. But the, like the roll a ball and a cheese into a ball is like a good 30, 40 seconds, if not a minute. What if of rolling? What do you ever go to a Subway sandwich store? What What about someone who is making your hand your they're, sandwich they're and they're, a, they're touching the food all the way down the line? They're putting vegetables on there and meat and cheese. They're touching they're the bread. They're just barely touching it to put it on there. Like if if they sat there and they just massaged the bread for a minute and a half, I, I wouldn't see. eat that sandwich. I got to make a note here. No massaged if you, foods if you for Eddie. you massage my food, just I'm not to, eating just it. Just trying to keep it. I don't want massaged food. Let me ask you a question. Don't touch my food. Do you eat meatballs? I do. Do you ever have spaghetti and meatballs? I do. How do you think they're making those but meatballs? But those are cooked for a long period of time. <laughs> All so right. the heat's killing whatever Note to self, slimy germs. Massage the food, but cook But I may, I may reevaluate my meatball stance. <laughs> All right. I'm so winded. It's like somebody punched me right in the solar plexus every time we do this bit. That is it for today's holiday or holiday. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. This is getting good. Yet another update. In the legal case that the FBI dubbed 
Operation Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. We're learning more about Lori Loughlin's defense. I've been saying her name wrong the whole time, by the way. It's not Laughlin? I thought it was Laughlin forever. So did I. But apparently it's Lori Loughlin. Oh. Another reason she should go to jail, because yeah. that's, that's not, not how, how you pronounce that's that That's not name. how it looks at all. Not at all. Here's the thing. We're starting to get leaks from her defense team about what her defense is going to be. You know, we talked about it earlier. She and her husband are pleading not guilty to the charges, which are now above and beyond the bribery charges. Well, once they pulled the plea deal, you have no choice. Then they slapped him with extra charges yeah. of money laundering Oof. because they funneled their money through this fake charity in order to get it to the college admission people oh. that got the kid in. Slimeballs. Uh, now they are claiming this is going to be their defense. They thought they were donating money to the school. That's what they're going to say. Oh, my God. So apparently they're going to say, we had no idea that we were breaking the law. We thought we were just making a contribution to the school. Wouldn't that be your immediate defense as soon as this all came out? You would think. That you would be like, no, wait, we were donating. What? They're going to claim that they thought that charity was real and they were just making a finance, a charitable donation. If that's going to be their position, why would they think then that they would get beneficial treatment yeah. getting their kid at a school in the other end? It's probably the best lie they could come up with. I suppose. But there is a, uh, a legal term. Ignorantia juris non excusat. That's the Latin for ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yes. So I'm not sure if that is going to hold up in court That's when not. they get in there and they say, but we just thought we were donating $500,000 to a charity and USC was so grateful they let our that they let our kids <laughs> That's in. such a blatant lie. You know what? Also, it doesn't explain away the fake photos that they took of their girls pretending to row boats. It doesn't explain any of it. Because they got on the crew team. Right. Even though they had never crewed a day in their life so how does how did they think that was charitable by faking photos of them in a it's, sport uh, that they never participated it's the best in. lie they could probably come up the best legal lie defense they could come up with. really learning to hate these people oh. it's not good uh eddie you know how you and i mentioned we don't watch game of thrones yes apparently we're the only people apparently. in the world who don't watch game <laughs> we of thrones. must be the ratings are in for game of thrones season eight premiere over there on hbo it drew in a record number, 17.4 million viewers. Wow. And that was just on the night. Wow. That was Sunday. I, mean, I couldn't look through my Twitter or Facebook feed without seeing a thousand Game of Thrones. That's all it was. 17.4 million viewers across all their platforms. That means HBO Go and HBO Now and actually the linear channel as well. Then that's just, as I mentioned, folks who watched on Sunday night. There are people who are catching up now and who DVR'd it and that yeah. kind of stuff. So those numbers will grow. But it is a monster, monster hit I for guess, HBO. I guess we're missing something. I guess so. Um, in fact, HBO Now, their mobile app, yeah. jumped nine, Excuse me, 50% in viewing on that Sunday. So people were signing up just so just they could to, watch wow. it and not miss it. So it's a massive, massive hit for HBO. And it's going away, so they got to be bummed. Although it's probably why it got such high numbers it is, is because it's going yeah. away. And speaking of going away, sad news. Georgia Engel, actress from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, passed away yesterday at the age of 70. Hmm. Georgia Engel, if you never watched the Mary Tyler Moore Show, first of all, you're missing out. One of the great sitcoms in television history. The writing on that show, brilliant. It was breakthrough because it was the first time you had a female lead character who was a working woman. In the workforce. She was single. Yeah. Um, it, it broke a lot of boundaries when it came to how women were represented on television. But above and beyond that, just great characters, great writing, great acting. Georgia Engel played the girlfriend and then eventual wife of the character played by Ted Knight on that show, Ted Baxter, who was the pompous newsman. <laughs> And so funny, so great. There's not a better pompous person. There really isn't. Than Ted Knight. Between that and Caddyshack, he, <laughs> he has cornered the market on pompous blowhards. Oh so great. And by the way, let's never forget, also the narrator of Super Friends. So you can't go. Oh, that's right. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice. God, he's awesome. He's the best. Um, yeah, so she was terrific. She passed away at the age of 70. Here's the thing. It's the only wrinkle in this story that kind of bothers me a bit. Uh, no one knows the cause of death. Because she was a Christian scientist mm. who did not believe in medicine, hospitals, or doctors. So she was just 70 years old, which is not that old no. anymore. No, not at no all. No one should really have to die at 70. No. And Christian scientists, look, I, I firmly support everyone to, to believe whatever faith they want to believe or not believe. From atheist to devout, 
I'm fine with all of it. But when you let it cross over into the business of science yeah. and health, and you're actually doing yourself damage by not going to a doctor because you think you can pray yourself healthy, it's it's kind of madness. It's ludicrous. It's almost medieval. Yeah. To say and it's I you know it's like chicken bones and voodoo. I mean it's 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 insane. I mean it's one thing to do it yourself, but the people that force it on their children they don't get help for the terrifying. That's the worst. Yeah. But I feel bad for her family because I'm sure she could have been 80 or 90. There's a lot of people who would have know? liked to have spent more time with her if she had uh, had a checkup once in a while. So look who I'm talking to. The guy said he wouldn't go to a doctor if he had bees in his eyes. I would eventually. So. I'm just saying I would have rubbed my eye and probably gone blind before I went. Another movie star is making a move to the small screen. John Cusack has signed up to star in his first television series. It's a series called Utopia. It's going to be on Amazon. Interesting concept. It's uh, apparently a very popular book. And the premise is a group of young adults meet online and find a near-mythical cult underground graphic novel. And it turns out within that graphic novel's pages, they discover all sort of conspiracy theories that may actually be real. And they certainly believe they are because then a shadowy deep state organization starts to come after them. Hmm. So apparently someone has written and drawn this graphic novel that contains all of the big conspiracies and the truth about them. And once these kids come across it, uh, they start being hunted by some government organization. Is he the hunter or is he one of the people reading the book? Uh, apparently he's a good guy. Oh, he's he's going to play Dr. Kevin Christie, who they say is a, oh. a brilliant biotech mind and a philanthropic gentlemen he wants to change the world through science he claims so okay. at least that's how they're selling him who knows in those kind of s- yeah, stories no, no. sometimes they he uh, could be the evil bad guy you don't know about exactly they switch sides but sounds, sounds promising and speaking of comic books and graphic novels avengers Endgame's right around the corner which brings with it its own set of problems apparently the only thing that can truly endanger the avengers are the avengers fans everyone's getting very panicky because the film is going to have its premiere on monday And then there are press screenings on Tuesday and a wide release on Thursday night. So now everyone involved with Avengers Endgame is panic-stricken about spoilers reaching the rest of the fans who won't be able to see it on either an early screening or on opening night. So much so that the directors, Anthony and Joe Russo, have written an open letter to the Avengers fans asking them, let me paraphrase here, shut the fuck up is what they're saying. Uh, Here we go. To the greatest fans in the world, they say. The movie is a surprising and emotionally powerful conclusion to the Infinity Saga. Because so many of you have invested your time, your hearts, and your souls into these stories, we're once again asking your help. When you see Endgame in the coming weeks, please don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. And then they end the letter with, remember, Thanos still demands your silence. <laughs> so uh, I hope I hope that's the case. It would be a shame if people's enjoyment of the film got ruined. Yeah. And it's harder and harder now to avoid that Well, because people go online and post about it because some people don't care. Apparently there's some uh, footage that has leaked as well online, really? I've heard. Yeah, it says there is a leak that has been circulating around on social media prompting many fans to just abandon their social media accounts until after they see the movie. Well, that's not such a bad thing to get up social media for a week. If you want to defend yourself against spoilers, yeah. that's your best bet. Don't look at Twitter. Don't look at yeah. Facebook. Don't look at Insta. Go out and just, enjoy the world. Just live your life for a minute. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this day, April 17th. Singer Maynard James Keenan of Tool and of Pucifer is 55 years old today. <laughs> Actor David Bradley, we're just talking about Game of Thrones. He's 77 years old today. He's also, by the way, in that new Ricky Gervais series. Oh, uh, Afterlife. Afterlife. He plays Gervais's father in that, who is suffering from dementia um, and or Alzheimer's. I don't think it's really clear in the series, but he's sometimes there and sometimes not. And it's a brilliant performance. It's really great. If you haven't seen that show on Netflix, I highly recommend you check it out. Actor Sean Bean of Lord of the Rings is 60 years old today. Actor Joel Murray of the acting Murray Boys from Dharma and Greg and The Artist, he's 57. Actor William Mapether from Lost is 54 years old today. He is Tom Cruise's, I want to say, cousin? Yeah, he's related to Cruise somehow. I didn't know that. Yeah, they look a lot alike. Uh, Cruise's real name apparently is Mapether. 
And oh. then his mother remarried or something. And he took his stepmom's dad. Oh, Chris. His stepdad's Much name, better choice. Right? I think so. <laughs> Musician Jan Hammer is 71 years old today. Oh, if it was only TV Tunes Tuesday, we could celebrate his birthday with this, his classic TV theme from Miami Vice. Actor Henry Ian Cusick from Lost as well is 52 years old. Rapper and actor Redman is 49. Jennifer Garner celebrates her 47th birthday. Actress Rooney Mara from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and other great flicks. She is 34 years old. And singer Victoria Beckham, at one time known as Posh Spice, but no longer. She won't tour. She's too good for the Spice Girls mm. now. Oh, posh. A pox on you, Posh. She's 45 years old today. And even though she's not going to tour with the rest of the girls, I'm going to celebrate. Oh, right. 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 Which one's had sex? Um, well, it depends on who you ask. Um... Scary Spice, Mel B, right. said in a recent interview that she and Ginger Spice, Jerry Hallwell, they had sex together. Oh, man. And then Jerry said, no, we didn't do that. We just kissed. Oh, Because man. Mel B had a new tongue piercing, and we all wanted to see what it felt like to kiss somebody with a tongue oh, piercing. Oh, my God. So we don't know who to believe now. See, oh. But I choose to believe that they all had sex I'm going, yes. with each other That's, all at the same time. Oh, I believe that, too. While thinking about me. If I'm going to fantasize, <laughs> why not go for it all? That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not quite done with showbiz news just yet because this week, this gentleman has been at the center of a showbiz story, which is sadly sort of typical of what happens on social media this, these days. His name is Eric Butts. Yes, that's his real last name. And as, uh, as Eric says in my interview with him, it's hard to embarrass him anymore because he grew up with the last name Butts. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of used to it. Anyway, Eric has his own YouTube channel. It, if you want to follow him, it's The Eric Butts over there on YouTube. And what he does is what a lot of people who love uh, geek culture do. He does uh, unboxing videos and he does uh, first impression videos of watching movie trailers and he does his film reviews and things like that. And he put out online on YouTube a video of him watching The Rise of Skywalker, the uh, trailer that just dropped last Friday. And he is a huge Star Wars fan, which is obvious if you watch the video. And he gets emotional while watching it and starts to tear up. He starts to cry while he's watching the trailer. He's that excited for the film. So instead of people appreciating the fact that, oh, that's fun, that there's a guy who loves something so much he gets choked up at the mere idea of seeing episode nine of that series, there was a woman online named Ashley St. Clair who, who picked up on that video. And she posted it on her Twitter account which is at St. Claire Ashley, by the way, in case you're curious. And then in, in association with that, she posted the following. Star Wars and superhero movie obsession culture have revealed a whole new population of undateable men. Might be worse than men who wear cargo shorts, she said, making a joke at the expense of Eric Butts and then holding him up to ridicule for everyone to see. And people who think like she thinks and are cruel like she is cruel, took that as an opportunity to start really slamming him. And we talk about to what lengths they went. It was, it was pretty disgusting. So it caught the attention of a lot of people online, and they've been talking about it all week. And I was lucky enough to hook up with Eric and find out that he's actually a member of the Garmy. He's a, a fan of this show, a fan of Hollywood Babylon. So I had a chance to get him on the phone and talk about the experience and what he's been going through. We talked yesterday, and I'm happy to report... The story has a pretty happy ending. Here's my conversation with Eric Butts. And here he is, the man who's been receiving all kinds of, I can imagine, unexpected publicity today on social media. Yeah. Mr. Eric Butts, yes. how you doing, Eric? I am doing fantastic. Um, and I really want to thank you for this because, you know, as I mentioned to you, I've been a fan of yours for a long time now. So this is 
an insane treat. I can't believe all this stuff is happening. <laughs> well, I'm a fan of yours now. Let's talk about this from the beginning. You right. you just posted a video of yourself watching the Rise of Skywalker trailer online, right? That's how it started? Yes, which, uh, you know, I've been doing for a few years, and, uh, you know, most of my subscribers know that I get real passionate about Star Wars. <laughs> and you've got your own YouTube channel, right? Yes. I, I was doing that for about three years so far. So. so you're just going about your business, doing what you do, and then this woman, Ashley St. Clair, she takes your video and posts it on Twitter and uses it as... I guess just a general attack on you and, and men who like Star Wars. And it was, I can imagine for you, very unexpected. Well, yeah. And um, actually, like, that's what really sparked all the happy side of things because it had actually a lot of other less good people had uh, picked up on it, like, immediately when I put it out that Friday. Uh, so, like, <laughs> the back half of Friday and uh, I guess the day I was coming home from vacation was pretty much all the really hateful uh, a lot of racism kind of trolls um, from some of the smaller kind of hate channels that kind of just kept pushing it up. And, you know, I mean, I, like I said, my, I, I grew up, my name is actually Butts. That's really my last name. So that <laughs> thickened my skin very early. And, you know, I know I'm putting myself crying on the Internet. And so it's like, obviously, I'm aware that people are going to have some feelings about that. Um, so it wasn't really like getting me down or bothering me. I mean, it did help that I was having an amazing 40th birthday vacation with my fiance. So, you know, I took my mind off a lot of it, but it was mostly just interesting how that was happening. But then, yeah, like yesterday, I guess after this Ashley lady posted, um, that's when this insane amount of positive outpouring has come and I'm still just overwhelmed by all of it. Well, just to recap, she posted uh, your video and her game, her name is Ashley St. Clair. She goes uh, at... ST Claire Ashley on Twitter and she said Star Wars and superhero movie obsession culture has revealed a whole new population of undateable men might be worse <laughs> than men who wear cargo shorts and then she put your video attached to that so it was obviously an attempt to slam the geek culture and, and those of us who like nerdy things but also to sort of publicly embarrass and shame you because you were emotionally moved by the the trailer and we're, we're crying in your video. And so she took a, took a shot. Yeah. And ironically I was wearing cargo pants. I don't think you can see it in the video, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, literally, um, you know, I'm kind of shooting stock footage and I had rigged up an SLR and a gimbal and, you know, I need a place for batteries and everything. I was about to go out the door and the trailer dropped. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. And just to um, make sure people know you were genuinely moved by it, right? You're a huge star oh, Wars oh, fan and you were very, you yeah. were just overcome with joy. Yeah, and I mean, like Star Wars, I've always said, like, people ask my favorite films and stuff. I don't even include Star Wars in the conversation because to me that's something so much more. It's such a huge part of my life. Like, literally my earliest memory is being about – I was born in 79, so, you know, it kind of hit me at that right age. And uh, it's probably about five and, like, having the flu, and I had McDonald's French fries laying on the floor in my parents' basement watching Empire when uh, Han opens the Tauntaun and the guts come out, you know, like – that's pretty much literally the earliest memory I have in my life. And I know that that really sent me down the path of, I, I love this universe and how you can create a tangible universe. And I want to go create my own tangible universes. And you know, it kind of led me down this whole filmmaking path of my life. So, and it's kind of always been there. Like when the prequels came out, love them or hate them, that was like a big point in my life too. And they kept motivating me. And now again, the kind of life changes in the last few years, getting myself more together and the new series is happening and, it's been pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm a legitimate Star Wars fan. I used to have an army building fig uh, action figure problem. I mean, <laughs> now I think you, you, know, you can I, appreciate that for the average fan who maybe isn't as passionate as you to watch a man get that moved by a movie trailer. You could see why some people might think that that is, um, I don't know, over the top. Oh, absolutely. And I totally get that. And I mean, even a lot of the people that have negative things to say, their opinions are completely valid. Um, but again, to me and the people that have been with my channel and know me well enough, they know that like film as an art form is just one of the most important things to me. And when you can perfectly put the right imagery with the right music, there's just like that pushes all my buttons in the right way. And I think, and also, and also I'm a huge fan of the art of trailers themselves, you know, cause I don't think a lot of people give that enough credit, you know, like a, a really well put together trailer is an art film too. And like just reacting to that as well, you know, cause these teasers, particularly for the new Star Wars films, each one of them has just been incredible. <laughs> and 
I know, like, even people try to give me a little bit of crap for uh, le- uh, like starting to tear up right as it starts. But I'm like, that breathing got me because it took me back to the teaser for The Last Jedi where, you know, Luke is just saying, breathe. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, we're back here already. So, And regardless of what people feel about the franchise or about your reaction to it, the bottom line is, for you, it's just a joyful moment, and you captured that moment. And I think a lot of us who saw what happened on social media can't understand why somebody would want to shit all over you enjoying yourself. That was the hard thing to, to comprehend. What kind of negative backlash did you get from people like this, Ashley St. Clair? What kind of things were they saying to you? Well, um, definitely a lot of anti-Semitic stuff. So, <laughs> And, you know, usually I don't like to block people and stuff. But, yeah, if you get into the hate speech thing, that's going away. Um, people were, like, taking the video and re-editing it to me, watching other things one of which was hilarious because they had me reacting to myself and that one was awesome. But <laughs> some of the horrible ones were like, they're putting like Holocaust footage in there and nine 11 footage and things like that. So that kind of stuff was going around uh, plenty of comments about, you know, cause my, you know, I don't, I don't do spas. I'm not into massages or whatever, but that's what, like one of the traditions when we go on vacation, my fiance goes off for a little while and that's time for me to go out and do some filming. And um, you know, so I got a lot of stuff about sure. She's at the spa and all this kind of stuff, you know, and all the uh, my wife's boyfriend and this kind of thing. So, wow. you know, just just attempting to uh, emasculate me, which, again, isn't really possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, my good friends, they know it, it is almost impossible to embarrass me. Um, pretty much like if I trip and fall, I'll be embarrassed for a few seconds, but then I'm over it. You know, that's about the extent of that. So it was luckily kind of easy for me to laugh it all off. You know, <laughs> Well, good for you. But I think for a lot of us, it just showcased this sort of hateful culture that exists on social media and how people will attack people for no other reason than they're just enjoying their lives. And yeah. I, and I let, I, I was happy to see that there was a lot of positive reaction that also came about from it because folks like myself and, and other people who may not even love star Wars as much as you do or anything as much as you love star Wars for that matter <laughs> came to your defense and I think in a, in a lot of ways, we were defending all of us online who'd like to express our joy. So you got a lot of positive response too, right? Oh, it's, that's been like the craziest part because that has been way more overwhelming in the last couple of days than um, any of the negativity. And I mean, you know, to keep it geeky, uh, it really did kind of feel uh, like in episode two, like, you know, <laughs> I'm trapped in the Geonosian arena. I've got faith I'm going to survive, you know, because <laughs> all this bad stuff's coming. And then all of a sudden, all the Jedis in the gunship show up and they're all there to defend me and help me out. So I was like, wow, all right, cool. <laughs> so, you know, in a way, it's uh, like the universe has a plan. And there's been so much good things, like even this interview. Like, this is incredible. I can't believe this is happening. That I, I'm actually a little bit worried, like, and, and is the universe planning to kill me fairly <laughs> soon? Because there's just so much good stuff going on. I, I can't even keep up with it. There's so much. And, like, I'm trying to read everything and see who's saying what and even like people like Gary Witta, you know, who wrote uh, Rogue One, who remembers me from the reaction to that. And he's saying how that was one of his favorite things about making that movie. And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I'm so glad that those of us who revel in people's enjoyment of pop culture and Star Wars and comic books and that kind of stuff are rising up and defending your honor in a way, because, again, it's, it's about all of us. It's not just about you as an individual. Yeah. It's about those of us who just find joy in different things and i think there was one person who reached out to you that had specific significance for you didn't it yeah actually um this and like uh so mark hamill tweeted at me <laughs> um i think the day it started happening i actually woke up and I, I i can't remember there's so many names in my head right now i can't remember the gentleman's name but he had reached out to mark about all this so mark didn't specifically reply to me initially but he was like having my back about you know attacking this fan who's super fan and joyous and all that and that was good enough you know i was so happy there but literally just a few minutes ago um he specifically tweeted at me with like hey eric <laughs> you know it's just like what and you know he's just thanking me and thinking my passion is awesome and you know he, he used a gif of skywalker giving the salute to r2 on the uh on the uh skiff over uh the, the sand dunes and jedi and i'm like i got the skywalker salute <laughs> so um yeah. And of course, my reply, which was truthful, was like, OK, I'm crying again, because, <laughs> again, you know, I mean, a lot of my upbringing and the way I've approached life has come from the concepts and philosophies of those movies. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not like I'm an actual Jedi or anything, but, you know, just 
the basic premises of try to be good to people and, you know, do the good where you can and everything. So to have that particular man, <laughs> that that's, I, I don't know how it gets much better at that point, <laughs> you know? So that's incredible. And yeah. And then just a lot of other really neat people, um, you know, from various video games I love and everything just totally reaching out. And it's just, I mean, I, I almost feel like, I um, don't even necessarily deserve it all. Cause again, it's, you're right. It's not just about me, but it's such a weird thing being at the center of it because like, I feel like I'm almost getting a, for lack of a better example, a make a wish kind of treatment, but I'm perfectly healthy. So I don't quite feel like I belong at the table, but um, it is very interesting being there and it is lovely seeing everybody get supportive. And, and I mean, it's right. And that's kind of, it's kind of nice to see the fulfillment of what I wanted to do happening in a way because if you know if you check out like the the intro video on my channel the welcome video or whatever I'm I'm talking about the point of, that I'm trying to do is make nerdy geeky people who feel kind of downtrodden or looked down upon because they love things so much like don't be ashamed of that you know like we all we should all be allowed to be who we want to be if, as long as we're not hurting anybody and you know enjoy your joy and share your passions and it's just really nice to see that apparently I am helping a lot of people feel that way you know so I just, I still haven't even processed. It's just, it's, I, <laughs> uh, it's been crazy. I just really can't wrap my head around it yet. <laughs> and I don't know whether you uh, follow this Ashley St. Clair on Twitter or not, but now she is complaining that she's getting so much criticism and negative comments and people uh, sending her horrible things because she, as she claims, all she was doing was criticizing in her words a terrible movie when in reality she was trying to humiliate you publicly and now she is right. reaping what she sowed more or less but it, she doesn't seem to like it much either yeah um which of course the hypocrisy is pretty hilarious there um i haven't i i've heard a little bit about that because again you know it's like i, I don't mind like i read all the nasty comments because i was moderating my youtube and everything but i'm not actively going out and seeking that so you know i i figure i don't know why I would really waste any of my life energy on paying her any attention. Um, and then, but I will say that I think I heard like somebody, and I do think that's hilarious, you know, that she's like, Oh, now I'm getting attacked, especially when I never really complained about getting attacked. Right. But, um, but I did hear like, I think somebody said she might've been getting some death threats too, which that's, that's too much though. So like if anybody out there is doing that, like, don't do that. Of course. That's not really cool for anybody. So um, I don't care how bad a person is, but, yeah, I assume it's just one of those attempts at, you know, you see how it was blowing up on some of the smaller troll boards. So here's some material maybe I can take myself bigger with. And it's clearly backfired, which is, again, just a wonderful, like, I just feel like this is one of those rare times, especially on the Internet, that the light side is actually winning, like, clearly. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to reach out and tell you that I, I was following the story and I'm so glad that we connected because, again, Absolutely. despite your own personal trials, what you've been through with this thing, it has been so representative to all of us who have ever grown up being nerds or geeks or picked on by the cheerleaders or the football players because of something <laughs> that we just loved and had passion for. And it's all so completely uh, heartless and cruel and unnecessary in this day and age to be doing that to each other. So I, I was Absolutely. thrilled to see that people rose up and uh, gathered around you and gave you some support, even Luke Skywalker himself. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm going to very much enjoy um, that memory for a long time to come. <laughs> well, I'm glad something good came out of it for you, Eric. R real pleasure talking to you. And if people want to follow you on uh, YouTube, what's your channel over there? Uh, it's the Eric Butts. And, you know, you spell butts like what you sit on. So it's pretty easy to find. I, I make so many videos. You you will find me if you look me up. So. And if you want to reach out to Eric online as well, he's at the Eric Butts on Twitter as well. That's where I found him. So uh, send him some love. Eric, what a pleasure talking with you today, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, and thank you, sir. And I'm a proud three-star general finally. So just want to throw that out there, too. Well, thanks for <laughs> joining the Garmy, sir. I appreciate it. Right on. All right. Mark Hamill reached out to him. That's awesome. Come on. That's worth everything. Right? That's, that's what, a, that's what a, he feels. That's worth everything he He's went absolutely through. like, yes. If that's what I had to go through in <laughs> oh, order man. to get Luke Skywalker to give me the salute, oh, uh, I'm wow. all about that. I'm just so glad that so many people who like joy, who are positive, came to his 
defense. And like I mentioned in the conversation, it's not you're not just defending Eric Butts. You're defending all of us who ever loved anything, who are ever passionate about anything. What's the, I mean, what harm does it do? I don't know. I don't know why you would want to publicly ridicule and embarrass someone just for loving for something. For loving and being invested in, I don't know. It's just, and also to pick him out sort of at random, you know? Yes, he posted that on, on YouTube, but it seems odd that she would go out of her way to try to make him feel bad about himself. just cruel. Just cruel. Yeah. And she's a very attractive girl, and it, the whole thing smacks of sort of that what I thought was no longer a thing, like those cheerleaders who would mock the nerds the mean and stuff girl in thing. high school. Yeah, it's very much mean girl. So anyway, thanks to Eric for spending some time and having that conversation with me. I thought that was awesome. All right. You know, it is Wednesday on this show, and around here, Wednesdays, yeah, Wednesdays mean something. Wait, don't tell me. Wednesday. Wait, oh, it's freaking. One hit wonder. You got that right. It's the one hit wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's One Hit Wonder comes to you courtesy of Brady Clark. Brady wrote in and asked for this One Hit Wonder. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's one of those songs where I probably haven't thought about this song. I can't tell you how many years, but it is a good one. Here's a little story behind it. It all came about in the 1980s, like a lot of good music did. And there was a gentleman in 1984 named Maurizio Bassi. He was a music producer and musician from Milan, and he met a guy named Jimmy McShane, who was from Derry in Northern Ireland. And uh, Jimmy was a, uh, an expat who was living in Milan, and he was working as an EMT, but he was a trained actor and dancer who had been trying to break into theater at the West End in London, but then eventually moved to Italy. So they got to be friends, and they decided they were going to put an act together. And that act was made up of uh, Maurizio Bassi and McShane and a couple other musicians that they put together. Now, here's where the story gets interesting. Because Maurizio Bassi was the musical brains behind the operation. However, Jimmy McShane was a pretty good-looking kid, and he could dance, and he could move, and he can act. And this is pre-Millie Vanilli, mind you. But Mauricio Bazzi sang all the lead vocals for this band, and they just put this kid up front, and he lip-synced to all the tracks (laughs) in all the videos and in all the live performances. Wow. So he was the face of the band, but never really sang the lead in these songs. He sang some some backing tracks, but he was not the lead singer of the band, even though the band gave the illusion that he was. But the lead singer was in the band. He was. Unlike Millie Vanilli. Right. But he was the producer, songwriter, and singer for all this stuff. But he was in the background with this kid being the face of the band. The band was called Baltimore, and the band's first single was released in 1985. It was a song called Tarzan Boy. It became a huge European success right away. Peaked at number six, on the Italian single chart, and in the top five in various European countries like Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Sweden, France, the Netherlands, and Norway. The song eventually made its way to the United Kingdom, where it landed at number three on the charts. In Canada, it was number five. It was in the top 15 here in the United States as well. It was a smash hit in 1985 all the way through February of 1986. If you don't remember this song, maybe you've heard it in a couple different movies, like Beverly Hills Ninja. Maybe you remember the Listerine commercial that featured this (laughs) prominently in its television advertising. Here is Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Get to you. 
catchy damn song. Wow. So good. That's Baltimore's Tarzan Boy. Uh, Riding on the success of that single, they released an album called Living in the Background that just had mediocre success. Their second album, Survivor in Love in 1987, failed to chart at all. And the band's record label dropped them. And then at that point, uh, Bossy decided to disband the whole operation. So they only released two albums, and they only had that one hit, which was Tarzan. Quick fall. It was indeed. Wow. If you want to hear that whole song, remember, if you want to hear any of our one-hit wonders, you can always go to our Spotify playlist that is curated by a faithful member of the Garmy, Matt Langford. Thank you, Matt, for doing that for us. And that was today's One-Hit Wonder. It's the One-Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's it for today's show. Tomorrow is a Thursday. That means we fling open the doors of that esteemed Institute of Learning, Ralph Sex University. Also, Steve Ashton will be stopping by with Ask a Brit. And if we have time, I know I promised yesterday, but if we have time, we're going to squeeze in a little of Eddie's drunk thoughts. It's going to be a good one tomorrow. Don't miss it. Come on back. Love you. Mean it. Bye.